Hi, this is Ryan Roberts, and you're listening to The Millennial Preacher, the show where we talk about tough subjects and answer the hard questions. I hope it's both positive and encouraging, but I also hope it challenges you in all the right ways. Well, I'm excited, so let's get going with today's show. What's up, everybody? I'm coming at you from quarantine. So how in the world are you holding up during this craziness, uh, during this COVID-19 coronavirus, whatever you want to call it, how in the world are you holding up? So we are calling this episode of the Millennial Preacher Podcast a virus, a Tiger King, and toilet paper. Who would have ever thought that those would be the three things on everyone's mind in 2020? I'm I'm very curious as to what your thoughts are on all of these different things. So first of all, guys, let's talk for just a moment. We're going to get into some some word together. We're going to get into some uh, encouraging things here in just a moment. But I can't help and talk, but talk about this Tiger King. I mean, it's a very, uh, it's an interesting true crime documentary on Netflix. I'm not endorsing it or anything like that, but I think many people, most of you have either seen it or heard of it. I will confess to you guys that I have not watched uh, the Tiger King, so um, you might be judging me a little bit, but I have not watched it, but I know that it has been one of the most successful uh, shows on the Netflix platform. Uh, in fact, I'm reading right now that it reached number one on March 29th, uh, 2020. So it is a very popular show, and it is probably very aided uh, by this global pandemic that we're going through. So millions of viewer, viewers are quarantined all over the world. Uh, there's a large spike in Netflix across all the different countries and uh, as well as Hulu and all the other things. But apparently this Tiger King documentary series has, uh, has definitely uh, took off and has been the topic of conversation. So a couple of things about the Tiger King. Uh, first of all, it's called the full title is Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. So it focuses around this uh, this guy Joe Exotic and these other uh, people that actually raise tigers. Um, when they're very young, they give you opportunities to pet these tigers, take pictures with these tigers, and do all these. Uh, cute things with tigers if that's what you're into and then they get a little older and they do all sorts of crazy things with these tigers when they get old enough uh apparently there is a certain age where a tiger cub uh is no longer this cute little baby tiger that you can pet and play with and it becomes a full-grown tiger and whenever that happens uh obviously you're not going to be able to get in to the pen with them so they sell them to private collectors to private zoos um Sometimes they do other things with these tigers. It's a very interesting uh, documentary that's out there, and it's outrageous, crazy. All sorts of things happen. And then, of course, there is a a true crime aspect to this particular uh, show, and it, it gets really out there. There's some very interesting things uh, about the Tiger King that we can talk about and learn from. There is a uh, friend of mine who has a podcast out that I encourage you to listen to. Um, it is called the Sandbox Podcast. 
The title is Tiger King Theology. He relates that to those of us, specifically those of us in the church, in a way that I think is very unique. Can you believe that that, that this is where we are? If you would have asked me uh, just a few months ago if this is where I would be or where we would be March 30th, 2020 in a quarantine state, not really knowing exactly what's going to happen. We have some uh, pretty good projections because other countries were affected long before we were. Um, So we're trying to figure that out, but it's crazy. It's mass pandemonium. And then guys, I'm sure that you have been to the store or maybe you are someone who has hoarded toilet paper. What in the world? Toilet paper of all things. That is shocking to me that toilet paper was the go-to during this uh, crazy pandemic issue that we're all facing right now. Because in my mind, I'm thinking people got by without toilet paper for years and years and years and years and years. Toilet paper, it's not new to us, but it's it's a concept that hadn't been around forever. Uh, So there are ways... To get by without toilet paper, I know you may be kind of cringing at the thought of having to go get a leaf or uh, socks or whatever. Uh, and I'm not saying that we're we're going to get to that point where we have to do that, but that was the go-to was toilet paper. It's it's absolutely crazy. Someone, I, I'm sure you've seen this out there on social media. Someone busted a wine bottle f- to fight with somebody. Uh, I think that was in either a Costco or a Sam's Club over toilet paper. Toilet paper. This is 2020. We're connected more than ever, supposedly, with social media and all sorts of different things out there, the internet. And toilet paper is what people are fighting over. Not food, not water, but toilet paper. What in the world is going on? What do you think of that, guys? Let me know. Log on to Facebook uh, and Instagram. You can follow me at Ryan the Millennial Preacher. Let me know what you think about this toilet paper uh, madness. Are you someone who is hoarded toilet paper or bought up a ton of toilet paper? Are you one of those people? And how do you, seriously, how do you justify that? What is your thinking behind that? I'm just curious. I'm not judging you. Just curious. And and what in the world are we going to do if we ever got to that point where we really had a lack of toilet paper? My gosh, there's so many ways around that. Crazy toilet paper of all things. And then, of course, everyone is talking about COVID-19, the coronavirus Whatever you want to call it, there are preachers, pastors uh, out there calling this a plague. Um, I think that's a very bold, strong word to use uh, in a situation like this rather than pandemic. This is a serious situation. Um, I think, guys, and I'm again, I'm not trying to judge a single person or single anybody else, so I'm not mentioning names or anything like that, but I've really seen uh, three types of church leaders rise up in this. Really, I can boil it down, at least in my little circle, to about three different types of church leaders. There are those leaders that have took this as an opportunity to be the church, to encourage, to pray, to give, uh, to to be, get really creative on how they're reaching people. There's some, some ministries are reaching more people. People, uh, than they would have if they were doing services like normal. Um, there, there's those pastors that are uh, really taking this and trying their best to turn this for good, and God is using them. Uh, and again, they lean on the side of encouragement. Uh, not that they don't think that this is serious, but they're leaning on encouragement. And so that's a, an incredible thing. And then there is 
this type of pastor that is um, a fear mongrel. They are really talking about the end of days, the end of time. They're using this to get a reaction and followers uh, because this is a serious pandemic and a serious uh, sickness. And yes, people have died. Um, and so they're using that to get a reaction, trying to predict the end of time. And then there is this third type of pastor or church leader that's just in denial. It's, it's as if nothing has happened. They're not on the encouragement side, but they're not on the fear side. They're somewhere in a neutral zone that does not exist. There is no neutral zone. This is real life. Um, and they don't know what to do. So they're just kind of shutting things off and shutting things down. Um, those are the three type of church leaders that I have seen. Uh, maybe there's more out there, but that is what I have seen. And I think that it is very telling of where we are in the church. I think it's very telling of where certain ministries and certain ministers are at uh, in their walk and where they are leading. So I don't know uh, what side of the fence you sit on, but I will tell you here at the Millennial Preacher, I'm not trying to predict the end of time. I am not on uh, the planning committee for that by any means. I am on the welcoming committee. So I encourage you to be ready uh, for that time in season and out of season, but we're not predicting the end of days. <clears throat> I'm not saying that this is a plague from God. Because if we call this a plague, then we're basically saying that this came from God as some form of punishment or something of that nature. I don't believe that's what this is. Um, I know there are people that do, but I just simply don't believe it. I think that uh, this is something uh, that is tragic, but it is able to be uh, contained to the extent of we see a light at the end of the tunnel. We we know how to combat this to a certain extent. Uh, it is a tragedy. It is very serious. I encourage you, to, uh, if you are not, to adhere to all uh, national and local directives uh, in quarantining yourself, only going out for essential purposes and things that you absolutely have to go for, things like that. I'm all about it. But I'm not going to lean on the side of a fear and trying to get a reaction or a response from people. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance, uh, not this crazy fear, hellfire, damnation. I don't believe that's what this is at all, guys. I think that uh, when you look at science, and by the way, faith is not against science at all, nor is science against faith. Uh, they work alongside of each other in many ways and many facets. And I think that by science, we live in a world where disease is real, sickness is real, viruses are real. These sorts of things exist. They're not, they're not new things that just magically appeared. Now, this particular virus is a new virus, but we know that sickness exists, uh, that things like this have happened uh, in years past. Uh, we don't remember it because it was such a long time ago. Uh, there was something, not quite to this extent, but something that happened in 2003 that people weren't ready for. There was what happened in 1918 that people weren't ready for. This is something that's happened. And judging by how many people are on the planet, billions of 
people. I think it's two point uh, two point four. You can correct my math if I'm wrong, but it's two something billion people on the earth. Uh, that is a lot more than there was. Uh, let's say 100, 200, 300 years ago, there are a lot more um, interactions with people from different countries. We're connected more than we ever have been. Um, there are these markets. Everyone's pointing to these markets in China. They are not uh, maintained or, or regulated in any way. They are mixing uh, animals together that naturally would not be together. It's a, basically a Petri dish uh, for something like this. And so science predicted, I use that word loosely, predicted that something like this would happen eventually. And so we can use that to learn from that. And I want to say this, guys, wisdom and faith coupled together. The Bible talks a whole lot about faith, but it also talks about wisdom. In fact, in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is called something of power. We're supposed to be wise and not foolish. So uh, during this time, how can we gain wisdom for the future days ahead in the future generations? I don't know when the end is coming. I'm not, I'm not going to predict that. I'm not going to be one of those uh, preachers that stands up and shouts that it's the end of days. I don't know when that is. I know that there are certain uh, signs and uh, symbols that the Bible talks about. And of course, we follow the entire text, the entire word of God. Uh, but this right here is simply not it. Uh, the, it just doesn't make sense. It didn't come out of thin air. Uh, this was something that can be traced and something that we can biologically work on in the future days to come. So rest assured, if you're someone that's uh, considering this a plague from God, I don't believe that's what it is, but I do believe this. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. The enemy will use uh, this world. He will use sickness, illness, uh, viruses, all sorts of things to cause problems. He, The main thing that the enemy, we're talking about the devil, Lucifer, we'll call him the idiot, whatever he, he does, his main goal is to distract us from our God-given purposes and destinies. And he's successfully doing that in so many people that are bowing down to fear uh, by worrying and having anxiety. And I'm not saying that you're uh, being influenced by the devil by any means if you're struggling in that area, but I'm saying that the devil is trying to use these things against you and me and the church, the gospel mission. Let's remember, guys, that this world is a temporary place. It's a temporary home. I am not of this world but I do live in this world. And the enemy will do anything he possibly can to try to distract me from that reality, that I have a God-given mission purpose, and he's given me a vision for the future. And so rest assured, guys, in that um, I do believe the enemy is certainly using this virus uh, on many things. I think he is killing. I think he is trying to destroy. I think he's also trying to distract uh, God's church, his hands, feet, his body on the earth. I truly believe that. However, I believe and it's in the word of God, I believe that uh, God can take anything meant for our harm and turn it around for our good. Now, how in the world can God take something like this, a pandemic, and turn it for our good? Well, I believe there's a couple of ways 
that, that, that he is doing that and can do that if you'll submit to him. So here's, here's my thinking. I think, first of all, we have an opportunity that maybe we would never have had we not been in a quarantine. We have an opportunity now where we have so much uh, time on our hands where we're at home. We're not having to go out and about. I know some of us are still working. I'm still working. Uh, but our hours, if you're like me, our hours are cut. Some of you may not be able to go to work right now. Uh, if you're in school, you're, you're not attending classes, all these different things. So you have extra time on your hands. Uh, God is trying to get us alone. He wants to get us back to the secret place and the quiet place. So we can come to a place where we repent of our busyness. And I'm talking to myself, uh, repent of our busyness and get in his presence and seek his face. That's what's going to heal our land. If we quiet ourselves and we seek his face. And that's what God is trying to do. What an incredible opportunity to come out of this pandemic on the other side, stronger and more prepared to be the hands and feet of Jesus than ever before. We're learning how to worship, not in a building, not in a sanctuary, not in a room, not in a location, but how to worship outside of that, which is supposed to be a part of the Christian life. And so what an incredible opportunity. I also think that God is using this or can use this to get out our attention. So when when if you're like me, you get caught up in the busyness of life. Um, I am a youth pastor. I am a minister in many different aspects. I have a uh, I have a job where I'm I'm traveling all over the state uh, to do my job. I am trying to work on my master's program. There's so many things that I've got going on, and I know you you are probably the same way. And so it's hard to find time to just breathe and relax and refocus on the Lord. I know that it's difficult. So I think God is trying to get our attention and to remind us of who we are as his bride, as his church, versus where we could be uh, had we not had this opportunity. So God can definitely use this rest in that, relax in that. That is a beautiful thing, not a bad thing at all. I'll tell you a couple of things before we close. I did a Facebook Live uh, and Instagram Live with my youth group, and there were some really cool things that kind of came up uh, that I will share with you guys when it comes to fear. First of all, let's talk about fear just for a moment. What does the word fear mean? Uh, In the English language, here is the definition. It's an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or an awareness of danger. Fear is not a bad thing. I want to just go ahead and bust that right now. Fear is not a bad thing. It's a natural thing in your body. It's called the flight or fight response. Uh, Your body can sense when there's danger. Um, And so it will give you this emotion. So you will either stand up to fight or you will run from it. And so that's a natural thing. But our fear wants to take over. The enemy loves to use things that he knows we're afraid of and cause anxiety. Anxiety is not from the Lord whatsoever. In fact, he tells us not to be anxious, but to lean on him. And I think that that's a really cool uh, way of looking at things. But there is a healthy kind of fear. So I'm going to read very briefly briefly from Psalms uh, 34. 
starting in verse one, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from my fears. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. O fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. So there's two different types of fear uh, presented in this psalm. David wrote this psalm uh, when he changed his behavior. He was being uh, driven out and sent away. He he was afraid. He was anxious. He was running. Uh, and he writes this psalm. And he puts in here in verse 4, it says, the, the Lord answered and delivered me from all of my fears. So those are the fears that we're talking about that maybe some of us are dealing with right now, that anxiety. Uh, the, the things that the enemy is trying to use to distract us. But in verse 7, it takes a turn. It says, The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and delivers him. And then in verse 9, it says, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. That word fear there is a totally different type of fear. That type of fear is literally uh, saying respect God. It is, it's not a fear as if I'm afraid I can't get to him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to spend time with him. But it is a, a, a an, an awe, a, a respect of his magnificence and his bigness and how incredible Incredible and wonderful he is. That is a healthy fear. It's a different kind of fear. So what am I saying? I'm saying God is in control. God is in control. This virus, this pandemic did not take him by surprise. It did not shock him and he ain't afraid. Uh, but for those of us who have a respect and we know how big God is, we should not be afraid either because ultimately he is in control and we want to be in the center of his will. And so that is the prayer. That is, that's where we're headed with this. I believe, and I'm speaking prophetically, I believe that when this is over, I don't know when it's going to be over. I don't know how long it's going to take, but I believe that when the coronavirus COVID-19 is over, I believe that we are going to see the greatest influx and growth in the church, Big C Church, that we have ever seen in any of our lifetimes. I really believe that. There were, pre this virus, there were pockets of revival throughout the nation. Throughout the United States, there was stuff going on in North Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, Alabama, all over the place. There was these pockets of revival. Well, now these uh, pockets of revival are not able to meet because of quarantine. They're having to shut down their services. They're not able to meet in person. Maybe they're doing some live stream things, but they're not meeting in person. Well, what in the world? Why would that be? Well, I fully believe that the Lord has spoken to me, and I believe God is saying that he was using that time to prepare his big C church, his hands and feet for what is going to come. I believe that when this virus is over and it will be over, when it is over, I believe that we will see the biggest influx of Christians, not talking about lost people, 
Christians piling into church and ministry to get their marching orders, to congregate together, to worship, to praise the Lord, and to say, we are going to go out and be the church. There should be a boldness and a strength rise up. We're not going to get there preacher, pastor, leader. We're not going to get there by causing fear worse than there already is, by causing uh, those sorts of things. How we're going to get there is by refocusing, getting on the quiet place, and getting back to the Word of God and learning how to worship. So guys, be encouraged. I love you. I'm praying for you. I know it's been some time since we've had an episode, but guys, I knew that I needed to jump on here and share some things about this coronavirus. Uh, we are praying in Jesus' name that this virus has to end, has to stop and cease. It's just another name that will bow at the feet of Jesus. It is just another sickness that he's already overcame. It's something that he's already beaten on the cross. It's something that Jesus got up and he has rescued us from all doubt, all fears, all pain, all all sickness, all illness, all of these things in Jesus' name. So let your mind be at rest. Sleep well. Don't overthink this. The enemy wants you to overthink this. Instead, during that time, consider the ravens. Just like Jesus said, consider the ravens. They don't have a barn. They don't have a place to store up, but yet God feeds them. And how much more worth are you than a raven. So consider the raven. Spend your time over the next several days. Pick a few few moments of your day. Get into your word. Spend some alone time with God. Teach your children how to worship. There's so many incredible children's ministry and other churches out there with live feeds uh, that will help to teach how to have church at home. I think that's an incredible thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And of course, our prayers, our thoughts, our hearts are with those that, that are sick. We are believing in healing. We're standing in the gap in Jesus' name. We're praying for our healthcare workers. We're praying for our leaders in our communities, in our nation, in our faith communities, that they will have wisdom from the Lord. And so with that, guys, again, I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share this with somebody. Share it on all your social media platforms. Maybe this will help somebody and encourage somebody. I love you guys, and I am looking forward to this coronavirus ending in Jesus' name. Until next time, I'm Ryan Roberts. I'll see you guys later. You just listened to The Millennial Preacher. I hope you enjoyed today's episode, and I hope you'll share with all of your friends and family, and also hit that subscribe button. By the way, you can find the show on Apple, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. I hope you'll look for new episodes again next week. Until then, we'll see you later.